This is the Off Mic Podcast, a radio show about radio life. Here's your host, Drew Dalby. My name is Lisa Evans. I am a broke, emotionally unstable 25-year-old woman who just recently moved out of my parents' basement, and now I'm a morning show co-host. And it's quite the path to becoming a morning show co-host. This is not going to be your typical episode because we, we're not going to be able to go through the usual steps that we go through with some of our radio people along the way. So let's go right back to the beginning of the radio thing. When did it first ever even enter your mind about maybe trying radio? Okay, this was years back. I actually knew Jake Ryan's girlfriend and I messaged her. Like I graduated high school in 2007 and I always knew I wanted to do something in the entertainment industry. I just didn't know which way I wanted to go. I did musical theater for like 11 years and people told me that you don't make money in that either. So I was like, what am I going to do? So I actually contacted him through my girlfriend and asked if I could just sit in on his radio show. This was when he was working at Virgin Radio here in Edmonton. So he let me come in. It was awesome. I just kind of sat in on his show for two hours and we just talked Twitter, uh, talked radio, and it was awesome. I left and I was like, I could totally do that. I could see myself being a radio host and it kind of just fizzled out after that it was on the back burner i still didn't know what i wanted to go to school for i didn't want to waste my parents money so i just kept holding everything off and just making an income through bartending and doing odd jobs here and there and eventually it just got to the point where i was working at hudson's bartending and a coworker came in wearing a city television shirt and i'm like what why are you wearing that what do you work for city? She's like, yeah, I'm on their street team. And I'm like, Oh, I want to do that. Like I, if I can get my foot in the door and just see if I like it there, maybe I'll want to do the radio uh, or TV and radio broadcasting at Nate. And she's like, yeah, for sure. Like I'll get you an interview. It'll be awesome. So that's where I originally started working in this type of industry was on the city television street team. And I knew I wasn't going to fit in there a few months into working on the street team just because of, uh, uh, my personality, and I knew I didn't want to be someone that just goes and sets things up and then sits back. You know what I mean? And that's a completely different industry. You have to go to school for that, and you need to prove yourself. And there was one street team shift in particular that I remember, and this was before I got a hold of Ryder personally, and it was when I was asking a coworker what they did that weekend. Uh, or sorry, they asked me, and I'm like, oh, man, I got so drunk last night. I woke up on my bathroom floor using my thong as a hair elastic. What about you? <laughs> and he was like, he just looked at me and was like, uh, I've been fasting with my church group. And I was like, I got, I got to get the hell out of here. Like, I can't do this anymore. Yeah, there's uh, so, there, there's definitely a difference there in the, in the viewpoints I'm seeing. I can see where that right. would make it uncomfortable, probably for both of you. <laughs> Yeah, so I'm like, I can't do this anymore. Like, I'm getting the hell out of here. And I literally, shit you not, I tweeted Ryder and I said, am I your co-host yet? And I was kidding. And he had been following me on Twitter for a while. And I don't even think he knew that I lived in Edmonton because he instantly private messaged me. He's like, whoa, 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 you're from Edmonton? Like, come work for us. Come be on our street team. And that's how I got in the Harvard Broadcasting door. So let's go back because you had amassed by this point a fairly decent following on Twitter, something that people who went to radio school and have been doing this for years are still trying to figure out. When did uh, when did you first figure out that Twitter was kind of your jam? 
Okay, it was my ex-boyfriend. My boyfriend at the time, I guess, told me to get Twitter. And this was like five years ago. So I looked at him and I'm like, I don't want Twitter. Twitter's dumb. Like, what, what am I going to do on that thing? And he convinced me to get it. And I just realized, I'm like, I could literally write whatever I want on here and no one will know who I am and no one will care. So it was kind of like my personal diary. And we went through a breakup and that's kind of when my Twitter started to blow up randomly. I would tweet things that were on my mind that I know a lot of women think but would never have the balls, that doesn't really make sense, but balls to say out loud. And I would just write it because it was how I was feeling. For example, I would tweet nothing like having long hair to remind myself I don't have a man around to pull on it. Like just dumb <laughs> female thoughts and self-deprecating things. And I woke up one morning and that tweet itself got like 400 retweets. And I'm like, who the heck found this tweet? And it was a comedian from LA. Her name's Sarah. And she retweeted it. And then I just, I don't know, like people just started finding my account and relating with me. And I just was like, oh, okay, I'm not the only person in the world that's sad right now. People can uh, be sad with me in my phone. And this is awesome. So it just kind of built up from there. And then just one day, it, I think, yeah, it was over a thousand that I was like, this is fun. I'm going to do this all the time. So that's kind of how it became what it is today. The Squeeb Slayer account. Where does the name come from? I've always wanted to ask that. What is a Squeeb Slayer? Okay. This is a word that I made up. It's actually my gamer tag. <laughs> okay. So um, when I would be playing like Call of Duty or a video game, I would call everyone that I would shoot a Squeeb. So it's like slaying the squeebs. And people read it and they think that means like having sex, but it actually means something way nerdier than that. But I'm okay with people thinking it's way cooler than the actual. <laughs> uh, yeah, I was, I was going to say, because for the longest time, I always assumed that it had some sort of sexual connotation. But as it is, it is far less awesome than that. But at the same time, awesome <laughs> in a different way? A squeeb to me is like someone that walks into a party and you're like, ugh they're here or like someone you want to shove in a locker and lock it and then <laughs> eat the key and not, never be able to get it out of your body ever again i don't know so as you start to build up this audience as it starts to become more fun and more people are interacting with you on your squeeb slayer twitter account do you ever start to feel like a, the pressure to to perform like people came to you because they thought something was funny did you ever feel like you had to continuously hit that level no, because for some reason, people just got me. Like, it was literally things that I thought about. And I thought, like, oh, I'm kind of weird for writing this. But people got it. And it was so weird. I still remember walking into O'Malley's Pub in St. Albert and hearing someone in the smoke pit say to their friend, is that Squeeb Slayer? And that's when it hit me. I'm like, oh, no, the secret's out. Like, I, I need to stop tweeting about how orgasms are a myth. Like, people are going to think I'm a loser. But it worked out in the end because it got me a, a sick job. So whatever, people can think what they want, but it's worth it. It made me feel good, honestly, knowing that people were messaging me and being like, I, I'm in the same situation as you, or you cheered me up so much today. I love reading your tweets. You make my day. Like, there's no better feeling than that. So you get uh, through Twitter. You, you get in contact with Ryder. He thinks you're funny. And right. tells you that you should come on as part of the Hot 107 street team. So what was that like in comparison to the city TV street team? 
It's a completely different world. I know that sounds crazy, but maybe it was just the company I was working for prior. Like when I introduced myself as a street teamer on that job, she literally looked at me, one of the talents, I'm not kidding, and said, oh, no, like we don't get to know our street teamers' names because there's such a big turnover. You probably won't be here in a week. And I was like, that's cool. (laughs) <laughs> I don't want to be here anymore. <laughs> Having talked to you uh, a few times and seeing you on Twitter, I have trouble believing that your response to that statement was that polite. <laughs> Honestly, I was speechless. I just didn't think people were like that in real life. So now you're out at Hot 107. You're, you're going out to events, and obviously you're having a, a lot more fun doing that than you were over at City. But when does the call come in for you to start coming on the air more often? Well, when Ryder originally said, come work on our street team, he also said, I would love to use you on my show, maybe as a character for some bits. And he originally put me on air with him and called it the funniest girl on Twitter. And we just had one segment and we called it Pump the Brakes. And I would just kind of do like little rants about things that I thought about. And I mean, it was good and it got my foot in the door and Christian Hall heard it and he liked my writing and they wanted me to stick around and kind of go that direction with working with them. And I mean, at the end of the day, it was it was cool because I knew that they wanted me to be working there and contributing, but I never, ever expected to become a full-time employee on-air radio host. I thought maybe they would just get me to write some imaging or do stuff like that on the side as well as street team shifts, but it was so much more than what I expected. I asked you before, once you started to amass this audience on Twitter, if you ever felt pressure for performing, and, and you said no, because it was just fun. Now you're on the radio, and, and of course, at this point, like you're saying, you didn't expect it to become what it has become, but once you started doing this on the radio in front of a, a, an audience that had the ability to immediately interact with you, did that? did you find any pressure there? Yes. I did not expect people to be as rude as they originally were. Like, people just didn't, they didn't get me. They were like, why is she so honest? Like, why is she talking about her zits? Like, women don't do that. And I'm like, no, we do. We just don't do it out loud, you know? So I I definitely felt pressure and I was terrified because on Twitter I can write whatever I want and no one knows who I am or where I'm from, whereas here... I'm putting myself out there as an Edmontonian, someone who you can see on the streets. And if people don't like what I'm talking about or it makes them feel uncomfortable, it could bite me in the ass one day. Right. What was the in that initial period before people really got to know who you were? What was the worst thing that somebody said to you? Oh, a woman called me a disgrace to women everywhere. That's a fairly bold statement because there are some pretty shitty women out there. (laughs) Yeah, it was after um, my tweet. I have a small car to compensate for my massive vagina. She called me a disgrace, which, okay, if you don't get it, you don't get it. Her profile picture was a meme, so I don't think we'd get along anyway. I feel like you've said so much worse that could be taken as the disgrace for womankind. That one was fairly innocuous, I thought. Right. No, totally. But I've had to tone it down since starting on air, obviously, which is still fun. I can still write things that are clean and entertaining but it's nothing like what it used to be that's for sure did it take you a while to find that line of uh twitter versus radio yes it was difficult at first but i mean at the end i'm just being myself so i just went in a different direction but the same type of humor now you start doing the the guest hosting you start doing the character stuff did you go asking for a full-time job or did they come to you with an offer 
Ryder told me that he's always wanted a female co-host that didn't have radio experience. And I don't know if he was just saying that to be nice and telling me that uh, I don't sound like a radio host, but I'm okay with it because it worked out. So it, it originally was me being on, on air once a week with him for one break. And then after that, it built up to being on the show with him for two hours, one show a week. Then it became one entire show a week. And then at the Christmas party, I got him drunk and convinced him to have me on twice a week. <laughs> that worked out. And then uh, it just, Christian would sit me down every few months and just say, you know, we're aiming to have you on full time. We don't know if it's going to happen for sure. I mean, if it does, that's great. If it didn't, we had fun, right? And I was like, yeah, you're right. Like, I wasn't getting paid to do it. I was just, I just kept showing up. And it was so worth it. I just, I tried to be very optimistic. And I'm like, I can do this. I know, I know that I can do this. And it worked out. Did you feel bad cashing that first paycheck when you realize how little we actually do in this industry? <laughs> yeah, I'm like, I should probably pick up some more bartending shifts. I mean, I'll never sleep and I'll age rapidly, but at least I'll be able to fill up my gas tank all the way. So have people started to warm up to you now? I mean, obviously, you know, if they're going to pull you in full time for the morning show and you're still there even all this time later, I, I'm guessing that the audience has come around to in your words, getting you. Yeah, it's been crazy. It's like a different world now. It's Everyone's just so full of love and they make us feel so good every day, like the text messages we get every day. I mean, there's that odd person that's like, I don't like Lisa, she's annoying, but who doesn't think there's, like everyone's annoying in their own way and that's fine. I so, get those texts yeah. all the time here in Regina. I just assume they're from my parents. We don't have caller ID though. <laughs> see, we do and that's the best part. I, I can see your previous text buddy i know who you are <laughs> you have no, a history been, here yeah we have your history no everyone's been super awesome and super rad and i hope it stays that way i mean i'm just knock on some wood hold on all right there you good. go honestly minutes before uh we sat down to do this interview i was talking to another guy in radio who, not knowing that I was talking to you, or I don't even know if he knows who you are, but was talking about the old days of radio, the good old days of radio, where you had to come in and go to radio school and cut your teeth in an overnight, and maybe you'd move up to the weekends, and 30 years later, you might get an afternoon drive job or something like that. Right. You are someone that has no educational background, and immediately started off on mornings do right. you ever find that you get i don't i don't want to say heat criticism anything like that from other people in radio oh guaranteed people want to slit my throat <laughs> but like what do you want me to do i just kept, like i was very perseverant and i was super annoying and that's my advice when people ask me how am i supposed to get something in life i'm like be annoying I keep trying. You can do it. And I'm sure they could have thrown me on any other spot, but it was the chemistry that Ryder and I grew over the past two years. Like when I was only part-time with him, well, I was part-time with him for an entire year. So it's not like I was just thrown into a slot on air with someone and was like told to just have chemistry and, and do our thing. We built that up and that's what made it so good. Like he's my best friend now, right? And we can talk about every and anything and it sounds good and it sounds real and it's honest. And I think that's really important. So as much as people hate, maybe they, I don't even know if they do. I'm sure that they roll their eyes at it or they think it's sickening, but I still worked really hard to, to get it. And even if I didn't get it, like Christian said, I had a blast trying or at least dipping my toes in the industry. Now, when we had Ryder on this show, uh, he's, he's taking pretty much credit for your entire life, like not even just your career, <laughs> like even things before you ever met him. 
What has it been like to have him as uh, sort of a direct mentor through all this? The first time I ever walked into that studio, the first thing Ryder said to me, I'll never forget this. He said, Lisa, if I can make one person smile every day, I've done what I came here to do today. And I was like, I want to do that. That sounds so cool. So him being the person that's guided me and teaching me little tricks of the trade and how to do all this stuff has been awesome. Like I learned everything hands-on. I wanted to be in the room and watching the producers doing what they do. I wanted to learn what the hell they're talking about when they say words like splitter. And I'm like, what is that? I don't have any idea. And it's been, uh, he's been very patient with me. I mean, I don't think it's been too much work because he's the one working the board. I mean, I'm slowly learning how to do that stuff, but I just show up at work and he tells me to just be myself and that's, that's all I do. Now, while you were working your way up, you said you were doing this for an entire year, unpaid, just on these sort of guest spots. Were you right. still working the street team at that time? Yes. Did you start to notice when you would go out to events as the street team were more and more people starting to go, oh my God, you're Lisa from the mornings? Not really. In fact, it's only been in the past few months since I've made my fan page on Facebook that people and more videos on social media that people are starting to recognize me. Back then it was, uh, I was just doing my thing on the street team, showing up, being nice to people and then packing up and, and getting on my way. When you started on Twitter, you said that it was because somebody else told you to get Twitter. You initially were resistant to it. Obviously in that time, you've shown an aptitude for it. Uh, do you feel like that carries across to other social medias? I see you use a lot of Instagram for the show and you guys do Snapchat and that sort of thing. Or are right. these things that you're learning as you go to try and keep up? Well, when I originally got Snapchat, I mean, the whole point of it was to send dirty pictures to people. And I'm like, I don't want to do that. I don't want anyone to secretly have it forever. And I wouldn't do that anyway. You kidding me? I don't have enough confidence. So I got Snapchat just because to just send ugly faces to my girlfriends. But the more I use it, I'm like, this can be used for so much more. People want to know what it's like in the studio. They want to see what it's like behind the scenes. I'm like, let's start talking about our Snapchat on air and let's get people in the room with us. Let's get to know our listeners. And that's kind of how Snapchat grew with me. Whereas with Instagram, it's been awesome ever since they made the video option on it. A lot of people like to see what we do. We just horse around, especially after the show, right? People think in radio that you just show up, you're there for four hours, you talk about useless crap, and then you go home. But that's not the case at all. It's so much deeper and so much more than that. I mean, social media has proven that. We don't just leave after the show. We're there until the afternoon, and we're brainstorming, and we're thinking up ideas, and we're interacting with listeners far beyond after our show ends. And that's the best thing about Instagram. I was just tagged in a picture that I don't remember from last night meeting some listeners. And it looked like I had been crying before that. And I'm okay with it because <laughs> the caption still said, we love this girl. And I'm like, okay, sweet. I don't think I'm going to get fired. If I'm crying when I'm drunk, I'm just relating to our demo. So <laughs> whatever. <laughs> so the question becomes, obviously, you're loving what you do right now. You can just hear it in the way you talk about it. But has this experience in going through all this and eventually getting this morning show, has this hooked you? Are you, are you a radio gal now? See, this is the difference between me and listening to everyone else's off-mic podcast. Like, everyone is such a radio nerd and I love it and it's super addicting to hear these people talk about other radio stations that they love and that they listen to and I kind of just learned how to love it. I mean don't get me wrong I loved Power 92 back in the day and the fact that I get to work beside Gary James still blows my mind every single day. He's the guy that told me that Jerry was leaving the Spice Girls 
I'm like, and now I work with this guy? This is insane. So I've always loved radio and I've always loved music. But when it comes to being a nerd in the industry, I'm just beginning. But are you are you hooked to the point where a couple years down the road, whatever the shelf life of, of this show is, or if you were to get an offer to, to move on somewhere else, either by yourself or as part of a different team, is radio what you're looking at as your career until you can't do it anymore? I think so. I mean, it's the perfect way for me to express myself and be myself. I always told myself I never, ever want to work at a desk. I don't want the nine to five. I don't want to sit in that traffic jam. So far, so good. And I'm okay with it. And I love it. And like I said, it's so much more than just sitting in that studio, going out into the community, getting to know people, bonding with our listeners, being at events, seeing the city more than I ever have before. There's nothing better than that. Do you think, you mentioned that you're starting to learn the board and to be able to operate and do things on your own, aside from board skills, because I'll tell you right now, I I still don't have those. Um, (laughs) Do you think that if uh, Troy Sky, your PD, came in tomorrow and was like, you're going to do our midday show on your own from now on because we have an opening and you're perfect for it, would you be comfortable jumping right into that? I think so. I think it would make very interesting radio. <laughs> it wouldn't be good, but it would still be entertaining. <laughs> uh, yeah, I think I, I could do it. I mean, Ryder's gone on vacation before, and we do like a least worst of Ryder in the morning where it's just our old clips, but I still have to do the news and stuff. And I'm, le- I'm learning slowly. And like I've already screwed up. Like there was one news. It was so bad. I, I don't know what button I pressed, but it's like the whole world blew up. But if I can just get through learning that, I'm sure I could do it. Yeah, throw me in, whatever. Let's do this. Uh, you mentioned that one of your favorite things is getting out into the community. I know with Hot 107, you guys do a lot of uh, community stuff, and you get out and you, you do a lot of charity stuff as well. Uh, what's been the one thing that stood out to you the most, the one thing that kind of broke you down a little bit? I can't say there's anything so far. Everything that we do is usually involved uh, with Ryder and his body and putting a tattoo on it or piercing a hole in his body for charity. So I'm still looking forward to more driven things with what I'm passionate about. And we're starting to dabble in that kind of stuff. Like I'm really into anti-bullying and all that stuff. But it has to be that woman that had someone say something really rude to her in the change room because she had stretch marks and a belly button ring. There was this horrible human being that called into the radio station and said, went off about how that's disgusting and if you have stretch marks, you should never take your shirt off in public. And it was brutal. That's the first time I've ever flat out sworn on air. I said, are you effing kidding me? And that's what initiated Ryder getting his belly button pierced and we raised money for women in Edmonton. And it was awesome. And it was cool. The fact that we can make noise with that and jeopardize Ryder's perfect stomach I'm okay with that. Well, you've already learned how to lie with that perfect stomach line, but... It's true. Yeah. (laughs) That was a flat-out lie. (laughs) So one of the things that a lot of people in radio do is they'll listen to other shows and other people and out-of-market to try and pick up ideas or just sort of technical things like, oh, I like the way that this person says something here or does something here. Have you found yourself studying other radio to try and hone your craft? I'm not very good at studying other radio. I mean, I've listened to the Dave Ryan show with Fallon because she's awesome. Kyle and Jackie O in the States, Heidi and Frank show. I don't know if you've heard of them, but the females on those shows are very strong characters. So I admire them. I don't think I could copy them. 
or try and be like them. I don't associate myself with other people. I want to be different and just be me. But I'm really into listening to podcasts like uh, there's a comedian. Her name is Jen Kirkman, and she has a podcast that's called I Seem Fun. And she just does it from her bed. And it's hilarious. And I love it. And she's just being her. And Jenna Marbles as well has a podcast, and I've always thought that she's super funny. So uh, I follow her really closely as well. But other than that, I'm still learning a lot of radio personalities. But it's been fun, and it's been cool to creep around. It's so easy. It's so easy to creep. Have you thought about getting into podcasting, taking the, the, the squeeb slayer identity and going online with it? I have, yeah. I mean, I haven't dabbled in it yet, but even Ryder, myself, and Trav, the producer, have talked about doing a podcast all the time and then we just procrastinate and don't make it happen but it needs to happen it would be super weird and fun one of those things that you would listen to and just go this is a car crash that i can't look away from oh if there was a video camera taping our conversations after the show and we sit in with trav car wreck like everyone would be (laughs) there'd be blood everywhere i do want to ask you a couple of the questions that we ask most of our guests here and I'm, i'm interested in your answers You have taken one of the most unconventional routes to getting into major market radio. What Uh would your advice be to someone who's going into radio school now, taking that more traditional route to get where you are, other than be annoying? Okay. All right. Let me just be a teacher here for a second. Okay. I'm not not exactly qualified. Laugh loud. Be social. Don't wear pants if you don't have to. (laughs) Say exactly what you mean. I can promise you that everything is going to iron itself out and you're only going to be left surrounded by people that lift you higher and make you feel good. People are going to hate you at your new job for no reason. Prove them wrong. Be thick-skinned. Be bold, even if it's risky. Don't put anything negative on Facebook. If you do, you're a loser, unless you make a valid point. Um... (laughs) Think back to like when you're in high school and there was a fight at lunch and you jumped in on it randomly and you start fist fighting people and then halfway through you realize you're actually really bad at this and you lose. (laughs) That's just like an example of something for you to take in and remind yourself that you will learn from your mistakes. And you can have what you always thought was too good to be true. I'm living proof of that. Prove that you actually went for something And yeah, I don't know. At the end, it'll be as big or heart-wrenching, yet in the end, as amazing and life-altering as you thought it could be. So just do it. Graduate. Or don't. What do I know? I feel like you were just sitting there now with sort of like a positive affirmation of the day calendar and just reading out pages. I'm just reading off, okay, July 21st, rip that one off. (laughs) July 22nd, rip that one off. I, I pictured that um, as being like a graduation speech, like an Edmonton High School is like, we're going to get Lisa Evans from Hot 107. She's going to come down here and she's going to say something to all the grads. And then at the end, the just stunned faces across the room. Why hasn't anyone asked me to do that yet? <laughs> I mean, I only graduated with like 63% in my English 30, but still. You're not there to tell people about how to get grades. You, They've already done that. You're there to tell just them about life. Just be a human. <laughs> Be a decent human being. That's my advice. Is there anybody else in the radio industry? I know you said that you, you it's great to creep, but you haven't been focusing too much. Is there anybody else that you think is just an immensely talented human being? Absolutely. Uh, Lauren Hunter on Sonic. She kills me on social media. She's amazing at uh, Photoshopping. TJ from Virgin Radio in Calgary is so, so funny. 
I met him once, and he was hilarious. This is what he said to me. Yeah, there was an old woman getting in a fight with the cops outside my house when I was cooking my grilled cheese sandwich. So I went out onto the lawn, and I'm just trying to figure out what's happening. And the real crime was that I burnt my grilled cheese sandwich. It was so funny. I guess you kind of had to be there. <laughs> no, but he's I, super funny. I feel like that translates. I enjoy that story. <laughs> and, of course, the uh, enemy of no one, Mr. Grant Johnson, who works on air right after Ryder and myself. He's become very close with me, and he is, has a heart of gold, and you just can't. There's nothing negative you could ever say about that guy. He's amazing, and he's super prepped and talented and... Uh, really really witty so i see bright things in that man's future as well i don't know in my previous uh fake example of you getting your own show you were replacing him and you seem to be okay with that so <laughs> maybe we'll just trade positions who knows grant rider in the morning oh dear that would be just so many beers being crushed and teriyaki subs they would just stink in there well, I, I wish you nothing but the best of luck. You, you got a great story and you got a fantastic attitude. For I, I don't know how anybody could be mad at you for, for getting where you are with the work that you've put in. And I look forward to seeing where you end up next. But I will uh, take this opportunity to stop talking to you now and let okay. you wrap up the show by introducing your spin of the week. Oh, man, I've been thinking about this hard, like stressing. I was going to go with Purple Rain by Prince because it's eight minutes long and the longer the podcast, the cooler I'd look. (laughs) But that's not what I want. Uh, I could have gone with one of my favorite artists. Like I'm really into like uh, James Taylor, Hall & Oates, James Morrison, all that. I have a weird taste in music, but I'm going to go with that one song. And I know everyone in the radio industry has that one song that reminds them of the first day that they ever stepped into the studio. Like, are you thinking of yours right now? Every time you hear it, it's like, this reminds me of my first radio gig. I, yes, there it is. It took me a minute to think of what it would be, but I, one came to my head. So I'm guessing that would be it. So mine would be, and I'm not even particularly a big fan of this artist. He always looks like he's about to start crying. But this song will always remind me of those butterflies in my stomach. And that's uh, Hold On, We're Going Home by Drake.
for listening to the Off Mic Podcast. Follow the show online at Off Mic Podcast on Twitter or like the show on Facebook. If there's a guest you'd like to hear on the show, email offmicpodcast at gmail.com. The Off Mic Podcast is a part of the Dolby Radio Network.